Uh, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. This good week, this good week, morning. this coming Shabbos, we read in the Torah portion the portion of Tzav. And it's also known as Shabbos Hagadol, the big Shabbos. In many synagogues, the rabbi would deliver a big sermon talking about the laws of, of Pesach and, and also the, uh, the teachings of the Haggadah to, to inspire people and, and to prepare people for the big holiday that is about to unfold. So we are now talking about Shabbos Agodol, the big Shabbos, why it's called the big Shabbos, and to connect it to the Pasha of the week, which is Tzav, and also the present situation in which we find ourselves, which is a pandemic that is unfortunately consuming many, many lives. I would like to begin with a story of the Tefetish Shalema. There was a big tzaddik, his name was a Tefetish Shalema. In his day, there was a pandemic. And the people of that city that had the pandemic wrote a letter to the Tefetish Shalema if he can come down to the city and help people in the city to be cured from this pandemic. The Tefetish Shalema went down to the city. And he told all the people in the city to make a circle around the Beis HaKvaris, the Beis HaChayim, around the cemetery. They made a big circle around the cemetery. And he began to speak how in the portion of Korach, in the book of Numbers, in chapter 17, it says over there that the first pandemic took place amongst the Jewish people. What did Moses do at that time of the pandemic? It says, Moses told Aaron, Take the frying pan, the place upon it fire, and place upon it incense. Go amongst the people and bring atonement to them. It says that Aaron took the frying pan filled with ketores, he stood between the living and the dead and the pandemic ended. This is the story in the Torah. Said the Tferesh Loima, this great Sadiq, this great Hasidic mystic, we are now making a circle around the cemetery. We are standing between the dead and the living. And went on to say, what does it mean? to stand between the dead and the living. Why does God need the dead? God needs the living, we understand. Why does God need the living? So we could say a capital kill him, we can give some tzedakah, we could pray to him, we could honor him, we could praise him, we could do mitzvahs, we could study Torah, we can do so many things. But dead people can't do it. Even big tzaddikim in the world to come, in paradise, they can't do all these mitzvahs. So why does Aaron have to stand between the living and the dead. The Teferish Shloyme went on to say, Ve'yamoid, and he stood, Ein amid the means prayer. That Aaron was standing in a state of prayer. And Aaron was saying to God, God, look, look at the difference between the living and the dead. The dead can't do anything for you, only the living. And therefore, because the living are so important to you, they could praise you every day, they could daven, they can give charity. 
They can say Tehillim. They could learn Torah. They can follow your 613 commandments. Then there's no reason to bring more death into the world. And after he said this, and he made this chain, this living chain around the entire cemetery. At that time it says, and the plague, the pandemic stopped. We just started this morning with prayers of Tehillim and, and uh, daily women's prayers. And we have to ask ourselves, why are we praying? It's not enough that we pray that the pandemic stop. But we have to tell God, there's a difference between the living and the dead. It's the living that bring you honors, the living that bring you glory. It's the living that bring you all of your mitzvos. And therefore, to bring an end to this terrible pandemic, and so that we should be able to serve you, and the whole world should serve you, with the coming of Mashiach, and a world of redemption. Because every Yerid, the Tzedek every descent for a greater ascent. Simply to go back to a place that we were before the pandemic would be no reason for this pandemic. Only to bring the world to a greater level of acknowledgement, to a greater level of healing, and to a greater level of redemption. And this is now the, the introduction to the Parsha of the Week and the introduction to Shabbos Agodol, the big Shabbos. First and foremost, to read the opening verse in the portion of Tzav, which is this week's Torah portion, it says that Tzav es Aaron, God commands Aaron, Vez Bonav and his children afterwards. And he says to him, This is the, the laws of the carbon Ola, the sacrifice that you are to bring daily onto the altar on behalf of all the Jewish people. And furthermore, Moita Allah Mizbeach Kolalaila. The Moita, there should be a fire burning on the Mizbeach on the altar all day and all night, even at night when you don't bring sacrifices. There has to be a fire burning all night long on the altar. This is the opening verse in the portion of Tzav. Says Nashi over here, very interesting. This terminology of Tzav is not a usual terminology. What is the meaning of Tzav? Tzav says Rashi, ain't Tzav ela loshun zeruz. The word Tzav is a terminology of charging. The terminology of encouragement. Why? Why does God have to encourage Aaron? Why does he have to charge Aaron? Says Rashi, Ammar Rabbi Shimin. Rabbi Shimon says, In a place where there's a loss of money, so the Torah has to encourage us, and the Torah has to charge us to do the mitzvah with, with alacrity, with joy, with excitement, because being that there's a loss of money here, one may, in some reason, some shape or form, negate the mitzvah, and dodge the mitzvah. Therefore, says the Torah, you should know under these circumstances, when there's a loss of money, you have to do the mitzvah with the same energy and the same excitement as you would another mitzvah. All the commentaries ask the question over here, what is the chasad and kiss over here? What is the loss of money that the Torah is referring to? And why all of a sudden here must Torah encourage us and charge us to do the mitzvah? So the simple interpretation is, that being that we're talking about the carbon Ola, the daily sacrifice that was brought up twice a day, and the Kohanim did not benefit from the eating of the meat, 
which they did in most of the other sacrifices. So the Kohanim got nothing out of it. So says the Torah, Tzav, I want to encourage you, Aaron, and your children to do the mitzvah properly so that even though you're not getting any meat from this, you're not getting any benefit, you should do it with the same joy that you do a normal sacrifice. Another interpretation is that this also refers to the daily mincha that the high priest had to bring every day. He had to bring an offering of a flower, being that he was the high priest, the Kohen Gadol, representing all the Jewish people and all the other Kohanim. And here too, normally when you brought a, a, a meal offering on the altar, all you did was you took a kamitza, a small little piece of dough, and you put that on the altar, and the rest was eaten by the Kohanim and the group. Here, however, the entire meal offering of flour was put onto the altar. Again, it's a chasadin kiss. It's a loss of money. The Kohen Gadol, the high priest, gets nothing out of it. However, all the commentaries have a big difficulty with this because they say, look, first and foremost, the meal offering wasn't such, amount, such, wasn't such a big amount of money. It was a little flour. It was a few dollars. <clears throat> Secondly, the daily sacrifice. This was brought on behalf of all the Jewish people. All the Jewish people donated a half a dollar. It wasn't such a big loss of money. And this, for this half a dollar, we benefited 365 days a year that sacrifices were brought upon the altar. So why is this called a chasan and kis? Why is this called a, a loss of money? And furthermore, how do we connect all of this with Shabbos HaGadol, the big Shabbos that we're about to celebrate this coming Shabbos? There's a teaching from the, the Magad of Mizrich. <clears throat> and the Magadam Mezrich tells us that, that the Torah is telling us, on one hand, you have to put up this fire every day on the altar, and yet, we know that there'll come a time that there won't be a Beis Hamikdash, there'll come a time that there won't be a holy temple, and we won't be able to put the fire on the altar every single day. So what is the meaning over here that uh, every day you have to do this, and you have to place this big fire on the altar every single day. Says the Magadam has reached that we're talking about the mitzvah on a spiritual level. And that is, the concept of Ola, a sacrifice, <clears throat> represents the study of Torah. Which is even greater than sacrifices. And the mitzvah of putting a fire on the altar means that when a Jew studies Torah, and when a Jew prays, it has to be done with a fire. And this fire... <clears throat> This fire has to be constant. It has to be every day when you study Torah, every day when you pray, to have this constant fire, to be able to study God's Torah every single day before Almighty God. Furthermore, the Rechaim HaKadosh explains that this represents the nights of exile, all night long, even during exile, when the Jewish people will suffer, and things will be a pandemic, and things will be difficult and hard. And there'll be a mezbeach, there'll be an altar. Altar represents sacrifices. People will die out of pain and suffering because of terrible, terrible tragedy in the world. Still no, we cannot give up our faith. Still no, one must continue to pray and have betochen, trust in Almighty God. How does all of this connect with the, with the great miracle of Shabbos HaGadl? <clears throat> what happened Shabbos HaGadl? What happened on this Shabbos that we say it's called the Big Shabbos? So there are those who say it's called the Big Shabbos because the rabbi gives a big speech. 
But most rabbis are not going to be giving a big speech to the Shabbos. Unfortunately, we can't get into the shuls. What then is the meaning of the big Shabbos? <clears throat> My dear friends, in the time of Egypt, over 3,300 years ago, the Shabbos before the Jewish people left the land of Egypt, the firstborns, the Bechodim, came before Pharaoh. And they told Pharaoh, look, Moshe Rabbeinu told us already nine times there would be nine plagues upon the Egyptian people. And these plagues already came and destroyed the entire Egypt. Moshe Rabbeinu has a very good track record. Now Moshe Rabbeinu is coming along and he's telling us that the firstborns are going to all die. We believe him, Pharaoh. We believe what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying. We want the Jews to leave now. Get them out of Egypt. They are bad news. They are a pandemic. Pharaoh says, I am not letting the Jews go. I don't care what Moshe Rabbeinu says. We are staying here and the Jews are staying here. We are not letting the slaves leave the land of Egypt. Says the Talmud that there was a major civil war that took place. That Shabbos. Egypt was smitten by their firstborns. The firstborns of Egypt waged war against Pharaoh and against his mighty army. And many, many people, many Egyptian soldiers were killed and destroyed at that time. And so this was the, the big miracle. This was the Nase Godel. This was the major, major giant miracle that took place on this Shabbos that the Jews did not have to put their lives in danger to fight against the enemy, but rather the enemy itself fought against the enemy. This was called the big miracle. And this is why we pray to God that on this Shabbos, as we know, the Arizal tells us that every holiday is Vayomim Eidulu Niskarim Vinasim. These days are remembered and actualized. It's not simply that we are celebrating a holiday that took place so many years ago, but rather this same energy that was in the air at that time, 3,300 and some odd years ago, when the Jews left Egypt and the Shabbos before they left Egypt, that it had the power to transform the evil on its head to good, that the evil itself brought about the redemption. So too this Shabbos, which is called the Shabbos HaGodah, we hope and pray that the evil itself, this pandemic itself, this coronavirus itself will destroy itself and bring about the ultimate redemption. And this is what we pray for. And this is what we hope for. And this is what we look forward to with strength and encouragement and, and betochin, trust in Almighty God. And this concept is underscored when we read the Parsha of Tzav. Tzav, which is a time of charge and a time of encouragement. What is the opening verse of Tzav, says the Rebbe. The Rebbe writes in a letter, it says, Tzav is honoring the opening verse is to command Aaron. Who was Aaron? Aaron was the high priest. What was he known for? Aaron was known for the great quality of loving every single Jew unconditionally. As we know, the Hillel, the great Hillel tells us, follow in the ways of Aaron. 
Love every single person unconditionally. Not only the righteous, not only the tzaddikim, not only the benefactors, not only those who give a lot of charity, but even those who don't give charity and those who don't keep the Shabbos and those who don't keep kosher and those who don't follow the Torah. You have to love every Jew, brother and sister unconditionally. And this, this requires tremendous tzav. This re- requires tremendous charge and encouragement because it's easy to love someone who's beautiful and it's easy to love someone who's kind and it's easy to love someone who helps you all the time. But someone who doesn't acknowledge you and someone who doesn't look at you and someone who doesn't listen to you, to love that person, that is much, much more difficult. And that's why the Torah has to charge us and to give us this, this encouragement and this strength to be able to overlook other people's deficiencies and other people's shortcomings and imperfections, and to truly love someone, to love our fellow man as we love ourselves. And this is also the idea of chasad and kis. It's a loss of money, because you have to give tzedakah, and you have to buy food for Pesach, and these are expensive, expensive things. And you have to give people who can't afford Pesach, you got to give them matzah, and you got to give them murder, and you got to give them wine, and you have to help them out. And because of Avaz Yisrael, because they are your brothers and they are your sisters, and you can't say, well, they don't deserve it. Well, they're not nice to me. Well, they're not nice people. Well, they don't keep the Shabbos. All of this is above a meiser. All of this is baloney. On the contrary, Tzav says the Torah, we have to be strengthened to overlook all of these deficiencies. And this will bring about the, the big miracle. This will bring about the Nes Godel. This will bring about Shabbos HaGodel. The God will truly transform all of these terrible plagues and all of these terrible pandemics. And all of this terrible suffering. Now we should live in a time, as the Talmud tells us, Benisa Nigalu, Benisa Goel. It was the first time that we were taken out of Egypt in the month of Nisan. And so too, God will take us out of this Golos, this pandemic, and this exile, and bring about the, the ultimate Gula, the coming of Mashiach. As we know, that the Rebbe has told us that this generation is the last generation of exile. And the first generation of Gula, the first generation of redemption. And so when we pray to Hashem, and when we are standing between the living and the dead, and we are asking God to bring an end to, to this pandemic, we have to remind Almighty God that it is only through the living that we are able to bring you glory. It is only through the living we are able to bring you praise. It is only through the living that we are able to bring you honor and dignity. And so we hope and pray that just like it was the very first Egypt that all the families had to eat alone in quarantine in the land of Egypt before they were redeemed. So too, God is telling us that this year, when we eat the Passover Seder in quarantine, this will be the last Passover Seder in Golos and the first Passover Seder of the ultimate redemption with the rebuilding of the Third Holy Temple, with the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days. To wish everybody a happy and kosher Passover. And Tzav to be encouraged to strengthen our faith in Almighty God. And to give more charity and to help the poor. And to give Mois Chitim. And to love our families and love our spouses and love our children. And to go beyond the letter of the law. And through doing this, when God sees how we love our children and how we take care of our children. This will encourage Almighty God to love us even more and to bring us healing and redemption with the coming of Mashiach immediately now. Amen.